Good morning and welcome to this recorded service for Sunday the 25th of April 2021. This is the fourth Sunday of Easter. My name is the Reverend Peter Walker and I'm assisted in today's service by John Alexander Head who leads our intercessions, uh, Judith Meehan who reads the Bible for us and the St Martin singers have provided the music. We begin with the first hymn, Rejoice, the Lord is King. Though we are scattered physically, we have come together online in the name of Christ to offer our praise and thanksgiving, to hear and receive God's holy word, to pray for the needs of the world, and to seek the forgiveness of our sins, that by the power of the Holy Spirit we may give ourselves to the service of God. 
Paul wrote in Romans, Christ died to sin once for all, and now he lives to God. Let us renew our resolve to have done with all that is evil and confess our sins in penitence and faith. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the Father of all mercies cleanse you from your sins and restore you in his image to the praise and glory of his name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Collect for this Sunday. Almighty God, whose Son, Jesus Christ, is the resurrection and the life, raise us who trust in him from the death of sin to the life of righteousness, that we may seek those things which are above, where he reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And so to our first Bible reading. The reading is taken from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, beginning at verse 5. The next day their rulers, elders and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. When they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who was sick and are asked how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our next hymn is In Christ Alone My Hope Is Found.
we hear our Gospel reading. The Gospel reading this morning comes from John, chapter 10, beginning at verse 11. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away, because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Father, we pray that you'd open our hearts and lives to the truth of your word and that you'd change us, make us more like Jesus as a result. Amen. There is a lovely story told about a Church of England bishop in the last century who was complaining to a friend that his fame and reaction was not the same as that of the apostles. He said, Everywhere St Paul went, there was a riot. Everywhere that I go, they serve tea. We know that St Peter and St Paul faced fierce opposition, both because of their many miraculous healings and because of their uncompromising messages. Now, I have personally never faced an anti-Christian riot, but you and I do know that in some circles there is still opposition and scepticism, especially when the unique claims of Jesus are being pressed. Our reading from the Acts of the Apostles dates right back to those very earliest days. There's no date given, but it's quite possibly later in the same year that Jesus died and rose again, ascended into heaven, and the Holy Spirit came on the believers in power. In those days, one could actually reasonably count the number of believers, and we're told that the events in the story led to 5,000 being added to the church. Peter and John had gone to the temple in Jerusalem to pray. As often happens outside big churches today, there was a beggar in the street outside. The beggar asked for help. Peter looked at him, and the Holy Spirit told Peter that this man could be healed. So Peter said, I haven't got any money, but Jesus can heal you. The man had been lame, but he leapt to his feet and went walking and leaping into the temple. A massive crowd gathered, so Peter took the opportunity to explain about the resurrection and about Jesus. That is when 5,000 people were converted. They'd seen that Jesus could rescue and heal a lame man. Wow! 
I mean, who would not want to join if you could suddenly see that God is alive and well and you hear that God has launched a rescue mission through his Messiah? Well, in this case, the temple hierarchy were not impressed. In fact, I think that they were frightened. So they sent in their private security and arrested both Peter and John and the poor guy who'd just been healed and they all spent the night in prison. And the next day they were taken before the ruling council called the Sanhedrin, which is the very same court which had condemned Jesus to death just a few months earlier. Why were these people cross? Why were they upset? Well, simply put, the leaders administered God's law and they strongly suspected that this new movement was trying to upstage them. They had a lot to lose. The senior leaders in those days were Sadducees. In other words, they were Jewish aristocrats, including the high priest and his family, and they wielded great power in Jerusalem and throughout Judea. They guarded the holy place in Jerusalem, where for a thousand years the one true God had promised to meet his people. They oversaw the whole system of sacrifices and temple worship. And, as a spin-off, they exercised enormous power economically, socially and politically. It was with the high priest and his entourage that the Roman governor would normally do business. As a result of all this, they strongly disapproved of the idea of resurrection. Oh, I don't mean here that... God raised one man, Jesus. Oh no, resurrection is much bigger than that. Peter preached the resurrection of the dead. All the dead. Properly understood, this is a radical doctrine and a massive threat to the status quo. You see, resurrection declares that the living God is going to put everything right once and for all. God is going to restore all things, to turn the world the right way up. And of course, if you hold most of the power, then you might be right to suspect that if God does such a dramatic, drastic thing, you may not keep all the power you have now. And of course, people who believe in resurrection often try to put some of the things right now. Advance signs of the resurrection. And such people, too, believe that if they die in the process, God will raise them from the dead at the end anyway. The high priest and his friends did not want to hear about a resurrection like this. But this is exactly what Peter was preaching. Jesus' resurrection is the start, the sign of God's eventual restoring of everything. In a smaller way, the healing of the lame man was a sign that God was at work too. The Sadducees did not want to hear that God was changing things, but 5,000 ordinary people did. But there was another part to their opposition too. They asked about, what name did you use to do this? I'm afraid they were hunting for witchcraft just as they did with Jesus before. Remember they accused him of being in league with the prince of demons? 
Uh, Jesus replied then by speaking about the Holy Spirit. Peter answered on this occasion, full of the Holy Spirit, by talking of Jesus, the only one who can do such things. The one that God says will one day judge every person who has ever lived. Remember that parable, the sheep and the goats? It is Jesus who will separate the sheep from the goats. The one who is seated at the right hand of God in heaven now. The one who was creator, the agent of God, the word of God that called all creation into being. Is it any surprise that in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, Peter is recorded as saying, Rescue, salvation, won't come from anyone else. There is no other name given under heaven and among humans by which we must be saved, by which we must be rescued. There is no other name. Of course people say today that is arrogant or triumphalist. And it can be if Christians use the name of Jesus to further their power or prestige. But look at the facts. There really is no one else who can rescue people like Jesus does. When we recite the creed, we are declaring the uniqueness of Jesus. And we also say that we believe in the resurrection of the dead too. Not just Jesus' resurrection, not even just Christians' resurrection, but the resurrection of all people and all creation. God will raise it and God will put it right. We are involved in outreach which seeks to put some things right now. We pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, now. And we tell people the wonderful news, that God has a rescue plan, that the plan all centres around Jesus of Nazareth. And if you are willing to change the direction of your life, as those 5,000 people did in our story, then you too can start to experience now the life of God's new community, the church, God's resurrection people. I pray that God may fill you all with the Holy Spirit so that in word and deed you too may proclaim Jesus, the only one who is the resurrection and the life. Amen. So let us declare our faith in God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our third hymn is All I Once Held Dear. Now John's going to lead us in our prayers. Father, we bring our prayers to you today, trusting in your mercy and love. In today's lecture reading from Acts, we learned that Peter was enthusiastic in witnessing to Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that when challenges and opportunities arise, we equally may be enthusiastic to witnessing to the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. Lord, in today's lectionary, 
from John's first letter, we learn that you, God, is love, and whoever lives in God lives in love. So, Lord, we ask that all those of us who wish to proclaim you may fill our lives with love towards others. Amen. Lord, in our prayers each week, we remember those people, young and old, who are in need because they are unwell. We know many of these people, Lord, have been active in your service and in our church. But now, because they're out of sight, they may also be out of mind. We pray, Lord, that these people may still feel themselves held in the heart of your church community and that you will continue to hold them closely in your love. Amen. Father, as the furlough scheme draws to an end, people may be concerned about their livelihoods. We pray, Lord, that you will work in the heart of their employers to ensure their continued employment and income. Amen. We thank you, Father, for our local health workers and the volunteers who have assisted in carrying out the COVID vaccination programme locally. Amen. Lord, we make these prayers in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We join our prayers in the words that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our final hymn, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee.
the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia.